What is it, Father? It's the... what you've all been waiting for, I believe, Wilfred. Now you can dig deep in the treasury. Are you feeling weaker, Father? At last, a note of hope in your voice, Emily. Why must you always say such miserable, cruel things to me? I quite agree, Father. Why, indeed, Emily, because you're cruel and miserable people. Because none of you respond to love. Emily responds only to what her petty hungers dictate. Wilfred responds only to things that have weight and bulk and value. He feels books. He doesn't read them. He appraises paintings. He doesn't seek out their truth or their beauty. And Paula there lives in a mirror. The world is nothing to her but a reflection of herself and her brother. Humanity to him is a small animal caught in a trap to be tormented. His pleasure is the giving of pain. And from this, he feels the same sense of fulfillment most human beings get from a kiss or an embrace. Your caricatures, all of you. Is this piece 217? See if you can find yourself a seat. Hello. <laughs> I've been thinking about you, and I don't even know your name. Larry. Larry Crown. Hi. Uh, this is, uh... uh Lala. Lala. Larry and Lala. I don't think so. I used to be Catherine until I looked in the mirror and saw a girl named Talia. You? Lance. Lance Corona. The Synchro Mystic presents Synchro Mystique. You see people in face masks, people wearing scarves, makeshift face masks, surgical masks, N95 masks. BuzzFeed comments on the great face mask debate. National Public Radio weighing in as to whether masks are able to confer any benefits beyond the potential of blocking viruses. See part two. Masks can offer visual cues, can serve as reminders, badges, signals that you are willing to do your part. They function to give you security, make you feel like you're wearing a shield. They can also serve as a warning and they can reinforce the values and the beliefs of the culture. Masks can serve as a reminder. What are we talking about? This is psychology. Aldo Huxley, in a letter to George Orwell, stated that through infant conditioning and narco-hypnosis, people could actually be suggested into loving their servitude. Huxley, of course, the author of Brave New World, and Orwell, the author of 1984, fashionable face masks trying to make something horrific seem appealing. One interviewee made the statement that there is a certain Blade Runnery feeling of embracing our fashionable dystopia. Celebrities are proudly wearing face masks amid concerns of the coronavirus spreading worldwide. Gwyneth Paltrow shared a photo of herself on a flight en route to Paris where she showed off her face mask on Instagram. Paranoid, prudent, panicked, placid, pandemic, propaganda, Paltrow's just going to go ahead and sleep with this thing on the plane, the 47-year-old wrote. I've already been in this movie. Stay safe. Don't shake hands. Wash hands frequently, she concluded, referencing her role as patient zero in the movie Contagion.
Okay. Yeah, John Neal here. You left without saying goodbye. Yeah, it ended up being delayed. So, sorry, I was panicking. Well, if I don't get to see you again, I just wanted to say it was nice to see you again. Yeah, it was nice to see you too. Um, and listen, use that other email I gave you because that's the only secure one, okay? Okay. <coughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just jet lagged. Well, you should go home and get some rest. Hong Kong's a long way. Oh, wait. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. They're calling my flight. All right, well, look, I'm really glad you called. Thanks. Bye. New York Times, of course, the newspaper of record in the United States. In an article titled The Mask, author Vanessa Friedman literally says the surgical mask has become a symbol of our time. However, it has long been a fraught symbol. The face mask is a symbol that hides but also communicates. We're talking about hidden meanings. Masks are everywhere and masks are nowhere. And Friedman says the mask has become the virus's avatar. According to the online etymology dictionary, the avatar has to do with the descent of a deity to earth in an incarnate form. There's a thought experiment in philosophy and sociology referred to as the Martian scientist or the man from Mars or some variation. And the idea is that we can get an outside the box perspective, a view from the outside. This was done to great comic effect by Andy Griffith in his recording, What It Was Was Football, where he represents a simple country preacher happening across a college football game for the very first time and not understanding what he's seen. The idea is to try and obtain some intellectual distance, some objectivity by trying to suspend the set of assumptions that we normally bring to states of affairs when we perceive them or analyze them. So let us consider a pagan culture, focus on one pagan, and then we bring her into a present context where people are wearing face masks. Throughout history, masks have had a very big role to play in world religions and spirituality. According to the Penguin Dictionary of Symbols, there are three main uses that one can trace through civilization. Start with carnivals, a Western Christian festive season that occurs before the liturgical season of Lent, which we just came off of. Carnivals are characterized by elaborate costumes, masks, allowing people to set aside their individuality and experience a heightened sense of social unity. The word carnival literally means raising flesh, remove meat, or farewell to the flesh. The last day of one of the most important carnivals is, of course, Mardi Gras, meaning Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, characterized by people dressing up in ridiculous disguises. Another name for a person who is so dressed is a buffoon, the fool, or the joker. But a mask is also, of course, the name for the false face that one puts on at a carnival. The Iroquois also have false face masks. They're actually intended to cure disease. They have a false face society. Donald Trump recently was in the news and the allegation was that he had a false face in a picture that was widely circulated in the press. But false face can also have to do with the idea of being two-faced, as in the Greco-Roman god Janus depicted here. Two-faced can have the implication of being hypocritical. Trump in the news, calling the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau two-faced. In the book Early Modern Women Poets, we read that 
Rosicrucian texts were always intended to mean one thing to initiates and another to outsiders. Now, the Rosicrucians were a 16th century esoteric movement. For additional details, you can see mask video number two. Texts and symbols often have a dual meaning. The New York Times masks are something that hide but also communicate. They have a dual function. Now, Mardi Gras is intimately connected with the idea of being topsy-turvy. The COVID-19 outbreak has turned life topsy-turvy. Everything turned upside down. Played a role in Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. One year ago, almost to the day, Notre Dame Cathedral in France caught fire inexplicably. The date was April the 15th, 2019. Notre Dame Cathedral, and indeed many other cathedrals all throughout Europe, in many ways symbolize Christianity. One year after the fire at Notre Dame Cathedral in France, churches are closed at the High Holy Day of Easter by the coronavirus. From the ashes, uh, we rise up. We had Ash Wednesday. We want to rise up with Jesus at Easter. And I believe that there'll be some rising from this time. Her book, Magic and Alchemy, author Rosemary Gilly, summarizing the thoughts of occultist Aleister Crowley, writes that Crowley understood that magic worked forward or backward in time, and that the projection of a magician's will did not necessarily precede the effect. Mardi Gras in 2020 was held on February the 25th. That's one day after the Trump administration asked Congress for $1.25 billion for a coronavirus response, and four days prior to the U.S. recording its first coronavirus death. Mardi Gras was literally bound up with the beginning of the effects of coronavirus in the United States. New Orleans faces a virus nightmare, and Mardi Gras may be why. New Orleans is a center of coronavirus. Mardi Gras could be to blame in the media pointing you back to Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras is connected with masks. Today, everyone wears masks during Mardi Gras. Float riders are required to wear masks by law. The rule is you can only give a penalty that can be performed in the room. I'm tired of this game. I don't want to play anymore. But my penalty! Yeah. I've got to have a penalty! <laughs> The second use of masks is use of masks in funeral rites. Of course, in ancient Egypt, famous death masks. A modern-day mask, this one from Freemason Albert Pike. In the Illuminati card game, inspired by Robert Anton Wilson's Illuminatus trilogy, the death mask card has some interesting text, quoting, Whoever wears it can see a slightly different world through its staring eye holes, and when the mask is removed, the different world is the true one. End quote. The world after coronavirus, we will inhabit a different world. 
after the coronavirus passes, your world will not go back to normal. According to BuzzFeed, the world will be different and so will we. The darker funeral connection. There are no funerals, according to Reuters. Death in quarantine leaves nowhere to grieve. Funerals in Italy have been banned. The third use of masks, the theatrical. Let's turn a glance backward in time. On the musical stage, one of the more significant creations of the great Italian maestro Giuseppe Verdi was his 1859 production, Un Ballo in Mascara. A masked ball. This opera was based on the sensational 1792 assassination of Swedish King Gustav III while at a masked ball. But political sensitivities of the day forced Verdi's libretto to use alternate character names and locations. On a considerably less ominous a basis and veering off into sheer fun is Eine Nacht in Fenetic, A Night in Venice. The 1883 operetta that dedicated fans of Johann Strauss Jr. think rivals his more famous Die Fledermaus in terms of melodic exuberance. It is in the first act that the philandering Duke of Urbino hopes to impress the beauteous Barbara at the grand masked ball held at carnival each year at his palace. Strauss sets the scene with one of his most infectious waltzes, sung by the four principals and a full orchestra. Of course, alles maskiert, that is, all are masked. One of the most popular works of the Soviet-era composer Akram Khachaturian has been his Masquerade, incidental music to an 1835 play by that name by the Russian writer Mikhail Lermontov, staged in Moscow in 1941. What was of strange interest in the creation of the original play is that government censorship delays forced many rewrites by Lermontov to the point where he gave it up unproduced. The key part of the rather convoluted plot revolves around a masquerade party at an aristocratic mansion in which the hero, one Arbenin falsely concludes that his wife Nina had been unfaithful to him with another man while all were at the masked ball. Arbenin kills his wife and then goes mad with grief when he realizes his error. It later emerged that the reason for the official obstruction was that the negative portrayal of masked balls as places of criminality implied criticism of the prominent family of St. Petersburg who were given to holding such affairs. Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut is worth mentioning. There are numerous scenes involving masks in the movie. But one of the most celebrated literary evocations of masks, however, is the famed Man in the Iron Mask saga out of 17th century France. His identity to this day is unknown, or at least not known for sure, but he was literally imprisoned in a variety of prisons for over three decades. Now, even though he's known as the man in the Iron Mask, in the article On the Trail of the Iron Mask, we read that he was actually masked with a black velvet mask. Maybe he had stay-at-home orders during a coronavirus outbreak. Similar mask worn by singer Billie Eilish. 
Man in the Iron Mask was actually made into a Hollywood production featuring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jeremy Irons, John Malkovich, Gerard Depardieu, and Gabriel Byrne. Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy is worthy of note. Not only was Batman masked in order, according to the story, to protect his friends, the villain in The Dark Knight Rises was also a masked man, Bane. One of the actors who acted in The Dark Knight Rises, one Jay Benedict, has reportedly died from coronavirus. Now, Trump has a number of different connections with masks. According to the left-leaning conversation, Donald Trump's orange face may be funny, but this tanning historian says it masks something deeper. Protesters of Donald Trump wear orange paint like a war mask. According to The Guardian, why is Donald Trump obsessed with Bane? According to several news sources, Donald Trump's inauguration speech borrowed lines from Batman's villain. Trump told the crowd, we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. And Bane, on the steps of Gotham's Blackgate prison, stated, we take Gotham from the corrupt, the rich, the oppressors of generations who have kept you down with myths of opportunity, and we give it to you, the people. And giving it back to you, the people. And we give it back to you, the people. You guys know what this represents? Tell us, sir. Uh, maybe it's the calm before the storm. What's the storm? Could be the calm. The calm before the storm. But what's interesting is the presentation of it in the media. The media is drawing our attention to the Dark Knight. After Bane delivered those comments, the prison was open and the prisoners were free all across the United States. As a result of the coronavirus, we find that inmates are being released from jails and even inmates being released from prisons, in some cases reportedly convicted felons being released in the name of coronavirus. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of the most direct literary parallels that I can think of, Edgar Allan Poe's Mask of the Red Death. The story follows Prince Prospero's attempts to avoid a dangerous plague known as the Red Death by hiding in his abbey. So the story follows a wealthy person hiding from a disease in his home. He throws a masquerade ball, death enters, disguised, and spoiler alert, everyone dies. This was made into a Hollywood movie starring Vincent Price.
man creates his own heaven, his own hell. Let me see your face. Consortium News, COVID-19, the American mask of death. M-A-S-Q-U-E, this spelling of mask actually also has an additional tie-in, and that is that mask spelled this way was a form of festive courtly entertainment that flourished in 16th and 17th century Europe. Often the maskers who did not speak or sing were courtiers. In other words, they were the stars of the time. And they list here various kings and queens. In our time, this coronavirus mask has starred, in part, Prince Charles. It's often said that our celebrity culture is a kind of a royalty, but would you believe that certain celebrities reportedly have links to royalty? And one of them is actor Tom Hanks, supposedly descendant of King John. Tom Hanks is of interest not just because, as an actor, he has played the role of a symbologist in several high-profile films, but also because Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson shared that they tested positive for coronavirus. But now he feels better. Time Magazine wants you to understand that Tom Hanks is a guiding light in the time of coronavirus. Time thinks quite a lot of Tom Hanks. Vanessa Friedman states that the masks that we wear have turned everyone into a muzzled pelican. I find this extremely bizarre language. When I look up pictures of pelicans just to make sure that I had it straight in my mind, it's not completely outlandish. It's certainly not an obvious comparison. I wouldn't have thought to make that comparison. And even now that she has made it, honestly, I don't know how apt it is. So it occurs to me that she may have had another reason. Now, I have no idea if Vanessa Friedman is familiar with alchemy, but in fact, pelicans are one of the five birds, so-called, in alchemy. According to the book, The Alchemy Key, written by one Stuart Nettleton, alchemists call their vessels pelicans. An alchemist doing certain of his or her works operate on a vessel that is referred to as a pelican. At least that's one of the vessels. There are others. Here's a picture of that particular vessel. There is something called a volatilization. So you have to picture various chemical reactions going on in various of these vessels. Some of these are symbolized as a pelican feeding its young with its own blood. Now, where do they get that? Well, we can turn to T.H. White's A Book of Beasts, which is a modern reprinting of a medieval bestiary. Bestiary was a book that basically represented all of what was known or believed about animals at the time, and much of it was legendary. So we can see here Pelicanus, the pelican is excessively devoted to its children, but when these have been born and begin to grow up, they flap their parents in the face with the wings, and the parents striking back kill them. Three days afterward, the mother pierces her own breast, opens her side, and lays herself across her young, pouring out her blood over the dead bodies, bringing them to life again. The idea of the pelican piercing its breast shows up in this print. Now you can see a number of symbolic elements, but we'll notice just a few things. First of all, you've got the letters I-N-R-I across the bottom. We just came from the Easter season, from the Passion of Jesus Christ, and across the top of the crucifix is often emblazoned the letters I-N-R-I. Now, they have a different signification in occult circles than they do in Christianity. We see the pelican piercing her breast to feed her young ones. We see a compass, a symbol of Freemasonry. We see the rose and the cross, which is a symbol of Rosicrucianism. And remembering that corona is the Latin word for crown, 
look at the thing at the very top. We have a crown, we have a corona. So we have a very interesting emblem of this entire coronavirus fiasco in this picture right here. Now the meaning of the pelican in Freemasonry is that it stands for the secret work by which man is raised. Earlier we looked at the word carnival and said that it meant raising flesh. And what does it mean to be raised? When masonry, when a candidate has received the third degree, he is said to have been raised to the degree of a master mason by going through the ordeal of the initiation. From the ashes, uh, we rise up. We had Ash Wednesday. We want to rise up with Jesus at Easter. And I believe that there'll be some rising from this dying. A couple of interesting Pelican connections. First of all, the state of Louisiana. The Pelicans are the professional basketball team for New Orleans. And we talked about New Orleans earlier being a center of coronavirus and possibly Mardi Gras being to blame. From the online etymology dictionary, we have an interesting connection between Pelican and the Albatross. So notice Albatross is an alteration of Alcatraz and originally referred to a Pelican. From the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, a sailor shoots an Albatross and then has to wear one. The Alcatraz Prison Island off of San Francisco Bay is named for pelicans or storm birds. Dennis Houck writing in The Complete Idiot's Guide to Alchemy states that the pelican stands for the distillation operation as well as the beginning of the red phase of alchemy. The red phase refers to the rubedo or the reddening portion of the magnum opus, that is the great work. That can be delineated a couple of ways. One is in the four stage view, you have the blackening phase, the whitening phase, the yellowing phase, and then the reddening phase. But in the three stage view, the yellowing and the reddening are compressed into one. So the albedo is, so to speak, the daybreak, but not until the rubedo is at sunrise. And the transition between the two is formed by the citrinitas. This is according to the article Alchemical Process and Its Stages. Now I get into citrinitas in the previous video, but the upshot here is that the pelican is the symbol that we're moving into the rubedo stage, the final stage of the magnum opus. In the book Myths of the Afterlife, Anna Marie Hemingway states that during the Renaissance, many alchemists viewed the metaphor of the transformation of lead into gold as symbolizing the emergence of divinity within the human being. In other words, alchemy has to do with transformation. It has to do with the transformation of human beings. Lead into gold was seen by many just as a metaphor. It was another layer of symbol, if you will. The actual alchemical process is applied to human beings. And look at the language. Again, we go back to the New York Times article. Masks had a double function. Number one, to stop germs. But look at the second function, to transform people, to be scientifically minded citizens. The activation or the realization of some kind of divinity. The serpent commenting to Eve that if she ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, her eyes would be opened and she would be like God. Now this is sometimes referred to as the fall of man. 
but it's also sometimes referred to as the Curse of Eve, and just by sheer synchronicity, I stumbled across this silent film, now lost, titled The Curse of Eve, and I wasn't even going to put it in there. Would you believe that this movie was produced by the Corona Cinema Company? Encyclopedia Britannica, in an article titled The Functions and Forms of Masks, lets us know that sometimes masks are used in reserve for initiations. If we are entering into a final stage of alchemy, if we are being initiated, if we are being raised in some way occultically, what are we being initiated into? What are we being raised to? question I want to ask is about St. Mary's and Three Waters. The question that's kept me up for the last 24 hours, the question I have to ask is, what if the worst, the most horrifying biological attack in this country's history was not the work of religious extremists? Well, I don't understand. We know it was. They were caught. They confessed. And they were executed, I know. And maybe that's really what happened. But I see this chain of events. These coincidences. And I have to ask, what if that isn't what happened? What if someone else unleashed that virus? What if someone else killed all those people? Would you really want to know who it was? Sure. Even if it was someone working for this government? That's my question. If our own government was responsible for what happened at St. Mary's and Three Waters. If our own government was responsible for the deaths of almost 100,000 people. Would you really want to know? Our story begins, as these stories often do, with a young up-and-coming politician. He's a deeply religious man and a member of the Conservative Party. He's completely single-minded and has no regard for the political process. The more power he attains, the more obvious his zealotry, and the more aggressive his supporters become. Eventually, his party launches a special project in the name of National Security. At first, it's believed to be a search for biological weapons, and it's pursued without regard to its cost. However, the true goal of this project is power, complete and total hegemonic domination. The project, however, ends violently. But the efforts of those involved are not in vain, for a new ability to wage war is born from the blood of one of the victims. Imagine a virus the most terrifying virus you can, and then imagine that you and you alone have the cure. But if your ultimate goal is power, how best to use such a weapon? It's at this point in our story that along comes a spider. He is a man seemingly without a conscience for whom the ends always justify the means, and it is he who suggests that their target should not be an enemy of the country, but rather the country itself. Three targets are chosen to maximize the effect of the attack, a school, a tube station, and a water treatment plant. 
Several hundred die within the first few weeks. That Three Waters has, in fact, been contaminated. Authorities are attempting to control its deadly spread. There's a wave of destruction throughout the underground. Fueled by the media, fear and panic spread quickly, fracturing and dividing the country until at last the true goal comes into view. The true genius of the plan was the fear. Fear became the ultimate tool of this government, and through it, our politician was ultimately appointed to the newly created position of High Chancellor. The rest, as they say, is history. Tell me, do you know what day it is, Evie? Um, November the 4th. Not anymore. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder, treason, and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. First, the overture. Yes. Yes, the strings. Listen carefully, can you hear it?
Good evening, Lumet. Allow me first to apologize for this emergency challenge. I do, like many of you, appreciate the comforts of everyday routine, the security of the familiar, the tranquility and repetition. Bloody hell. I enjoy them as much as any bloke. But in the spirit of commemoration, by those important events of the past, usually associated with someone's death or the end of some awful bloody struggle, as celebrated with a nice holiday, I thought we could mark this November the 5th, a day that is sadly no longer remembered, by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me think. I suspect even now, orders are being shouted into telephones, and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's chance I Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words are for the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country. Kate Hudson caught some heat after posting this photo online, alongside the caption, Travel 2020. Commenters pointed out that this particular mask would be ineffective, and Kate certainly took notice. She responded by commenting on Gwyneth's post, writing, at least you have the right mask. Selena Gomez took a trip to Chicago earlier this week and shared a photo of herself wearing a mask at the Chicago O'Hare Airport. While the 27-year-old didn't explicitly say why she donned the mask, fans praised her decision to stay safe while in crowded spaces. Brody Jenner shared a photo on Instagram last week of himself on a rather empty flight to Taiwan. Brody was actually heading to Bali for a friend's wedding, and he ran into someone else wearing a mask on the way back. His ex, Caitlin Carter, who was on the same flight back from Bali. She proved the two are still on good terms with this hilarious video where she compared her mask to Brody's much more high-tech version. One of us is going to survive the coronavirus and it's probably not me in my flimsy mask. Ron Howard was spotted leaving LAX earlier this month wearing a surgical mask for protection. Luckily for Ron's waiting fans, the 65-year-old took his mask off to chat and sign autographs. But experts warn that surgical masks aren't actually effective in protecting against the illness. Instead, the CDC recommends staying home, frequent hand washing, and avoiding touching nose, eyes, and mouth as the best ways to prevent contracting coronavirus. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. 